illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic limit immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing? You know, Billy, I'm a little sad. Why are you sad? Uh, I I heard Bob Dole passed away today. Oh, yeah, he did. And, you know, I guess what, what shocked me more was that I honestly thought he died a couple of years ago. Oh. I, and I don't know why, but I swear that I saw his, I, they made an announcement that he died a few years ago. But I had no idea he was still alive. So I am living his death all over again. So. Yeah. I guess he was 91. We were trying really? to think. Now, he ran He ran against Clinton. Uh, in 96. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that so was damn Bob near Dole, 30 Bob years Dole. ago. Was it 20, 25 years ago? So he was only in his 60s when he ran? Well, he was 91, 81 in his 70s. Okay. Right, 91, 71, 60s. Yeah, he was in his 60s. Yeah, yeah, he was... He, and, and he had a stroke, I think, before then. So I'm surprised he made it as long as he did. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Bob Dole passing away. Yeah. Sad day. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Legal Participation. And the purpose of that is for us to talk viewer sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting, stupid, and funny every week. Remember, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Just listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. If there's some place where do, you find do, your podcast. Do we, do we have good, what? Do we have good ratings? I don't How know. I never checked. Oh, we should check sometime. I, I was looking at where, God, where did we have some downloads from? We had a download, couple downloads in Europe last week. And really? And one down in South America. Yeah. I don't know what Beaver fans are listening to us over there, but it's cool. <laughs> but if there's some place where you normally get your podcast and you can't find it there, or 
then let me know, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. We try to answer all those. Could be Chinese spies, too. You don't know. Could be. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> all right, Beach, are you ready to talk? Did you even know what's going on right now? All you're doing is working. I'm I'm working, honest to God, I work all the freaking time. So, hmm. um, yeah, I worked I worked yesterday. I think. Well, actually, I I worked both jobs because I had to deliver a truck in the morning. Um, so I had to meet a customer at six o'clock in the morning at their house, and then work last night, and then worked about six seven hours today. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, so no, basically, you have no idea what's going on in the world of sports. No, I I did hear something about the the uh, the the Beaver soccer team. Okay, well, let's start off with uh, Beaver sports. Then let's head right into it. We're going to start off with a little bit of women's volleyball news. The season's over, right? Season's over, Beach. But okay, so it can't it can't get any worse, right? Beach senior Grace Macy uh, concluded her historic career with the Oregon State volleyball team being named all Pac-12 honorable mention for the 2021 season. It was announced on Monday. The honor is Macy's second conference nod during her time in Corvallis after being named to the league's all Pac-12 team this past spring for the 2020 season. Now, she's the seventh player under head coach Mark Barnard to earn all Pac-12 honors, uh, while the 2021 campaign is the third consecutive season that a Beaver has been named to the all Pac-12 postseason team. Now, the conference awards, which consist of 36 students, athletes, along with a seven-member all-freshman squad, were chosen by the league's head coaches. Hmm. Well, that's that's impressive, considering our our uh, our record. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so she must be a pretty good standout, considering. Yep. So cool. And Congratulations to her. We're going to continue the postseason honors when we roll into women's soccer. Ooh. Oregon State freshman McKenna Martinez was named United Soccer Coaches All-Pacific Region third team for her efforts on the pitch this season. She's the second Beaver to be named to an all-region team since 2012, joining Sydney Studer, who was tabbed second team in 2020. Martinez was the Beavers' top scorer in her debut season for the Beavs, making 12 goals, including three game winners. The Richmond-Washington native started all 19 games, helping OSU go 11-7-1 overall, 7-1 in the Pac-12, tying for the most wins in a single season since 2011. Impressive on that one. Yeah. I didn't realize the the girls had that uh, solid of a record in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, but they were 11-7 overall. Yeah. All right, Beach. It's now time for a little bit of men's soccer news. I, I heard, I heard bad things, Billy. Well, Beach, the number one seed Oregon State men's soccer team's historic season came to a close after it tied with number eight Clemson one to one, and then fell in penalty kick round four to three at Lorenz Field on Saturday. Oregon State capped the season with a 14-2 and four record, seven one and two in the Pac-12 with its first Pac-12 title and an appearance in the Elite Eight round of the NCAA tournament in program history, highlighting its season. Now, the Beavs drew a record crowd for their final home match of the fall with 1,415 fans in attendance. Now, on on Saturday, Beach, uh, junior Sofane Jafal put the Beavs on the board in the 29th minute, finding the net off redshirt senior Tsiki Natsumbling's corner. OSU's defense held Clemson scoreless until the 84th minute when the Tigers earned a penalty kick goal. 
Over the course yeah. of the game, the Beavs only allowed three shots by Clemson on goal out of 12 shots taken. So, and I, I was actually watching that game last night. I was sitting in my den doing stuff and I had the stream of the game on my, my computer cause you could stream it on pack 12 and, mm-hmm. and man, it was frustrating. I, I, I saw that it's why I don't like soccer. There is so much flopping, mm-hmm. so much flopping. And some of it, the guys might even legitimately fall down, but they do it with such, uh, there's so much they're so demonstrative in it, right? Mm-hmm, it yeah, just yeah. pisses me off. And I don't know about that that penalty kick they got off of that one foul. Was it a questionable foul? In it your was opinion? to me. And then Oregon State actually went down and, and, and kicked the go-ahead goal not long after, but it mm-hmm. was disavowed, and I wasn't listening to it, so it might have been offsides or something. I don't know all the ins and outs of soccer, I'll be quite frank. So it was just it was just tough. And then in the penalty kick round, uh, the Beavs missed their second one, and Clemson didn't miss any. So hmm. the um, I, I've I've you know when I was a kid I played soccer back in elementary school, and I thought it was fun to play. Mm-hmm. I don't find soccer very fun to watch. No, no. it's it's an incredibly um, the 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 scores are few and far between. Like you said, there there's a lot of um, flopping and yeah. I, I yeah yeah soccer it's, it's is not, a lot of competitive jogging yeah yeah there you go <laughs> and it's funny i know people that go up and watch the watch the timbers games hey, go ahead knock yourself out i i i don't enjoy watching soccer like that but they're always like you should come up it's so much fun they do this and they do this and they do this in the stands and they do this and i'm like yeah you know why they do that because the game's so god dang boring you got to do all that mm-hmm. stuff to keep the people into it. Yeah, just just not my game. I'll watch like like I said, I watched that last night, and I kind of mm-hmm. half watched it while I was watching football, and all kind of three quarters watch like World Cup stuff if America's playing, just because the the USA part of me comes out. But other than yeah, that, no, not me. Yeah, not other me. other no than that. Well, like I said, I only kind of half watch it. It's yeah. other than that, just not a huge fan. So. so the Europeans go crazy over there. That's what I can't figure out. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Meej. Uh, what? Oh, I mean, they'll, they'll start a war over Pretty, soccer games. Yeah. It's crazy. Hell, how, how you go down to South America, they kill guys over soccer. <laughs> you know, there was that one dude that had a, his own goal. You know, he scored a goal on his own team by accident. Uh-huh. And they, like, killed him. And they killed him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember which country it was, but yeah. All right, Beach, uh, let's move along. So, uh, good. Uh, let's just say, great season by the Beavs. Would have liked to have seen them go one more game to get down to the semis. And they really mm. had a shot, but it is what it is. So, still a great season. Now, are we going to lose quite a few guys this year? I think there was a number of, there was a number of, there was a couple of seniors, I believe. Wasn't there three or four that we talked about a couple weeks ago? I think so. I think but so. I don't, I don't. With football, but, they didn't you, lose a season, but I don't know with soccer how it works. Well, you know, the other thing, too, I, I, like the one song goes, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. Mm-hmm. Nothing attracts good players like good players. It's true. You know, and uh, maybe we'll we'll see some consistency now that uh, we, we've shown that we've got a uh, pretty, pretty strong soccer team. Um, perhaps we'll get uh, more and more top-tier talent. Everybody wants to go to a winner. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
So cool. All right, Beach. Uh, let's move right. on. To, let's move on to wrestling. Who? How's wrestling doing, Billy? Well, Beach. Oregon State's wrestling's Gary Traub went two and zero Saturday and five and zero at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational to claim the heavyweight title at the two day event. Traub uh, paced Oregon State, which finished in eighth place with seventy nine total points. Now it marks the first eight, top eight, eight, eight out of how many teams? I'm not sure. I don't have that in front of me. Wasn't in the press release. Now, it marks the first top 10 finish for the Beavs at the Cliff Clean Invitational since the 2012-2013 season when OSU took fourth. Now, Traub's win highlighted a big day for the Beavs, who saw Brandon Kaler take third place at 125 pounds, Devin Turner fourth at 133 pounds, and Grant Willits fifth at 141 pounds. Oh, that seems like small guys. Yeah, but they're all muscle, dude. Yeah, they're all muscle. I, I know, I know, but you're still a small dude at that weight. You know, they're not very tall. I don't know if I would okay. consider all those guys, any of those guys, small. Okay, I, I, I follow you. I yeah, follow you. Yeah. So, and now they've got a little bit of time off for finals. Education is important. Yep. Yep. You got finals, and I think they do some stuff over over Christmas break. All right, Beach, uh, we've got some women's basketball news. Okay. Senior Ellie Mack scored the game-winning basket with 17 seconds to play as the number 23 Oregon State women's basketball team defeated Pacific 76-72 at Gill Coliseum last week. Now, the Beavs celebrated their annual Beavers Beyond the Classroom game as kids from local schools were invited to Corvallis for the early tip-off. Now, the Bees jumped out to an early 7-2 lead before heading to the game's first media timeout in front 13-11. Oregon State ended the opening period with a 19-7 lead. OSU only led 30-29 at the intermission. So they came back. Yep. Now, early in the second half, Taylor Jones took over, scoring the first nine Beaver points of the third quarter to put OSU in front by eight. The Tigers battled back to briefly take the lead late in the quarter, and the teams headed to the fourth all tied up at 53. The sides traded blows through much of the closing quarter with Taylor Von Alhoffen knocking down a vital three-pointer to give Oregon State the lead with under a minute to play. The Tigers proceeded to even the score before Matt converted on inbounds play to put the Beavers in front for good. Now, Oregon State will have a nine-day break in its regular season and isn't scheduled again to play until this Friday when they travel to face Monmouth. Hmm. Monmouth, wow, that's a long trip there. Monmouth, that is a long trip. This is in Western Oregon. If it was Western Oregon, I would say Western Oregon. Ooh, they're playing Monmouth. Monmouth. You think I just have that at my ready? I think you do because you know I would ask you a question like that. It's in West Long Branch, New Jersey. New Jersey. West Long Branch, New Jersey. Ah, yep. Okay, well, it'd been fun if they would have played uh, Western Oregon and Monmouth, but well, no, okay, because they probably would have kicked the crap out of them. Ah, do they even have a basketball team? Yeah, and they actually sometimes play like an <laughs> exhibition game, but you got to remember they're not. Um, they're like Division two or they're Division like three. They're like no, they're, like they're, they're smaller school. They're Division two. Or, okay, I think Division two. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we've got some men's basketball. Okay. Well, B, just last week, Oregon State lost its Pac-12 opener 73-61 to to Cal on Thursday 
at Haas Pavilion in Berkeley. Warith Elatiche led the Bees with 21 points and 8 rebounds. Deshaun Davis came off the bench and contributed 14 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. The Bees finished the first half on a 12-0 run that cut the deficit with Berkeley to 34-33 at the break. But Cal opened mm. up a 58-42 lead in the second half, but the Bees rallied once again with an 11-1 run to cut it to 60-53 with 4.09 to play. The Golden Bears then went 9-for-10 from the free throw line in the final 3.55 to pick up the win. Well, Beach, and then on Sunday afternoon, Jared Lucas scored 17 points with five three-pointers, but Oregon State was unable to slow down number 11 Arizona 90-65 to in a loss at Gill Coliseum. Two losses in a row. Yep. Warith Alatiche added 14 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three block shots, and two steals for the Beavs. And Deshaun Davis started a point guard this time and finished with eight points and nine assists. Now, the five triples by Lucas ties his career high and is the fourth time he's knocked down five from deep in his career. He's also had five rebounds and two assists. Now, Arizona in the game had four players scoring double figures, led by Benedict Mathurin's 29 points. Now, Oregon State will play its next seven games at Gill Coliseum, beginning with Sacramento State at 4 o'clock this coming Saturday. And yes, Beach, it didn't lose. They haven't lost just two games in a row. They've lost eight games in a row. They're one and eight. What's What seems to be the problem? They're not scoring as many points as the other team. <laughs> okay. Thanks for... Clarifying that for me, Billy. Yeah, I was well. I was hoping we could get it down to just yeah. the basics. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple good players, but I mean, quite frankly, this is one of the first year in what six or seven years there hasn't been a coach's kid on the team. Okay. Between Trace Tinkle, the Thompson brothers. Okay. Yeah. Not the Thompson twins. Not the Thompson twins, the Thompson brothers. You haven't had them. You don't have Trace. You know. He just. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Hmm. they just have not been able to uh, get anything going. Well, and after coming off such a successful run last year, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, but it was also a highly unusual run last year. True, true. Let's hope they get it on track. All right, Beach. We're going to finish with some football news. Okay. Now, we're recording this on Sunday. This is finals week coming up, so there probably won't be a lot of uh, sports news at the beginning of the week, so we won't miss anything Monday and Tuesday, other than the fact that I okay. bet we missed the all-Pac-12 teams. So okay. those will probably be announced after we recorded. So congratulations okay. to the Beavers that made the all-Pac-12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> but Beach, we do have some be proactive. Yeah, we do have some uh, football news. Well, Beach, on Sunday it was announced that the Oregon State football team is headed to the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stiffel, as the 2021-22 postseason schedule was announced. The Bees will match up with Utah State from the Mountain West Conference at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The game will be played on Saturday, December 18th. That's so less than two weeks away. At 4:30, it will be televised on ABC. Now, Oregon State, who came in, who's coming in at seven and five overall in the season, will be making its 18th trip to a bowl and the first since the 2013 Sheridan Hawaii Bowl. In that game, the Beavs defeated Boise State 38 to 23. Now, the Beavs are 11 and six all-time in bowl games and have won five consecutive 
from 2003 to 2008. Head coach What's Jonathan. Stiffle? What? What's Stiffle? I don't know. S T I F E L. It's an investment banking company. Okay. All right. Just just curious. It's a diversified global wealth management and investment banking company focused on building relationships that help individuals and families. So Jimmy Kimmel gets his name on the top, and these guys get their name as the sponsor. Yeah. Did Jimmy Kimmel have to put up any money, or were they just trying well, to? Well, it's on ABC, and Jimmy Kimmel shows on ABC, so. Oh, oh, so maybe they just branded it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's probably I don't know where is uh, SoFi Stadium in conjunction to the Jimmy Kimmel Theater. Okay, SoFi Stadium. What directions from Jimmy Kimmel Live? It I is... heard a room. Oh, it's twenty-two miles. Okay. Yeah, it's less than that a... actually, but. 19 miles if you go that, if you take the, those freeways. Yeah. I heard a rumor the other day that they paved the inside of the Coliseum for a race race run, some kind of car race. Uh, Maybe, but they've been doing a lot of stuff there. You mean the Memorial Col- uh, the Coliseum in yeah, L.A.? They, yeah. They yeah. can't. That's not that big to run a car race, is it? That's, that's what I thought, too, but somebody said they paved the inside for some kind of car race. Um, but I don't know. That's just a side I'm getting into the weeds and I'm sorry. Just somebody mentioned I and I said the same thing. I said, I don't think you ever race cars in the middle of that thing. I said, it's narrower now than it was during the 84 Olympics because they dug it down deep and added those extra seats. Oh, son of a bitch. Looks like they did. Really? Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. This comes four years ago. This says, NASCAR's ambitious plan to build a temporary quarter-mile asphalt track inside Los Angeles's historic Memorial Coliseum for its February race will help to determine whether it can stage its events anywhere in the world. Hmm. NASCAR will break ground on the first of its kind project on December 20th and will hold its Clash at the Coliseum exhibition race on February 6th, the weekend before the Super Bowl is played in L.A. It's an iconic venue, da-da-da-da-da. Successfully pulling off the feet will prove the stock car racing company, which has traditionally been most popular in the U.S. South, need not be landlocked. So there you go. Mm, okay. So they're gonna, they are going to do it. It's going to be starting here okay. in a couple weeks. Interesting. And then they'll dare it back up and turn it back into a football field for USC. Yeah. Crazy. Well, you can do almost anything if you're willing to pay for it. I suppose. Well, Beach, the Beavs are 11-6 all-time in bowl games, and they did win five straight from 2003 to 2008. Now, head coach Jonathan Smith played in two bowl games with the Beavs, including the 2001 Fiesta Bowl, which saw OSU defeat Notre Dame 41-9. The Los Angeles Bowl marks the first for Smith as a head coach, but he has served as an assistant at eight previous bowl games. Now, the 2021 Beavers head into the matchup with one of the most potent offenses in the Pac-12 conference. Oregon State ranks first in the Pac-12, averaging nearly 218 rushing yards per game, and is third, averaging just shy of 33 points. Utah State advanced to the bowl game by virtue of winning the Mountain West Conference after a 46-13 victory over San Diego State last Saturday. The Aggies are 10-3 this season with a 6-2 mark in conference play. They also beat Washington State earlier in the season, and they beat Hawaii, two common opponents with the Beavs. Now, wow. Oregon State and Utah State have met just three times previously, 1904, 1997, and 1998. The Beavs have won all three matchups, most recently a 20-16 final in Logan, Utah. Smith was on the Beavers roster that season but did not play in that game. 
So that was mm. that was uh, during Smith's freshman season, his redshirt freshman season. Wow. Yep. So that was the last time they played him. Now, not mm. talked about in this press release, Beach, the fact that the last coach fired at Oregon State was uh, – or the last coach uh, – the last coach who voluntarily left at Oregon State was in midseason. Anderson. Anderson. Uh, Gary Anderson. And the last coach who voluntarily left midseason last year at Utah State was – Gary Anderson? Correct. So they should just call this the not Gary Anderson Bowl. Because he did where, the same thing down there. Um, I really? read he, he was he... doing some kind of – I don't think he's an on-field coach. <laughs> I've heard that too, right? I've heard that too. I, I think – where was he? I think he was doing some kind of um, – what he was doing? Let's see. He's an analyst at Weber State, hmm. which means he's not an on-field coach. So he could be breaking down game film. He could be running numbers, you know, seeing what what uh, people do. Interesting. Really, what what a guy who really just kind of. Well, he did the same thing down there, right? Yeah, I mean, Utah just State just where... just flushed himself down the toilet. Yep, they came to a they came to a, a mutual agreement. He left again. So. And did, and he didn't and he didn't walk with any money. I'm assuming he he left the money on the table. Wow. Mm-hmm. He there must be something there. Well, it's funny because I heard somebody say like, "Oh, he's got to be one of the most you know he's got to have some of the most integrity of anyone I ever known." I'm like, we don't know that. Yeah. You know, and if you sign a contract with somebody, you are committing to them just as much as they are committing to you. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I, if you walk away saying, well, this isn't going how I want it, so are you a quitter? Are you just mm-hmm. shitty at your job and can't do it? I guess that's having integrity if you're saying, well, I'm, I suck at this, so I'm just going to leave. Yeah. I guess yeah. that having integrity, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's all the yes. news today, Beach. Well, okay. Hey, Billy. Yes, people. Do you hear that? I do. Hold on one second. Billy. Yes, me? This just in. The Green Hill Humane Society, serving the greater Eugene area, would like to give out a public thank you for a recent pet adoption. Karen Polofsky, director of the society, tells the following story. We were given a very special dog recently. She was small had serious itching and odor problems, and was not very friendly. She was discovered near Autzen Stadium, so we nicknamed her Little Oregon. While we do well with pet adoptions, Little Oregon was being ignored, and we were fearful that we may have needed to euthanize her. Then comes in this beautiful family, the Ute family, all the way from Salt Lake. They spent some time with Little Oregon a few weeks ago, but was not sure on their feelings. They then requested a second meeting in a more neutral site, Las Vegas. They had four hours together. They said Little Oregon could not keep up. It was it was pathetic. The puppy could not play catch and didn't even know what to do with the ball. But the Ute family called us late Friday night with the response. Little Oregon is our bitch. <laughs> And this has been your Heinrich Tailgater update from Eugene. 
I was wondering if that's where you're going to go. As this, started, as this story that came across the teletype started going, I was like, I wonder if this is going to end up as somebody being somebody's bitch. Not that you telegraphed that one, but I can kind of read the writing on the wall on that one. <laughs> well, with that uh, update, Beach, I think it's time to go under for the review for week number 14 in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Oh, week number 14. The, the, quite possibly the most beautiful week of, of the season. I agree. So. <laughs> I agree. All right, Beach, uh, it was no did, couldn't could poor little Oregon couldn't couldn't didn't know what the hell to do with the ball, couldn't couldn't play couldn't, catch. Couldn't keep up, huh? <laughs> couldn't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Breach, it uh, was championship week in Division One college football, and it was Pac twelve championship game on Friday with Oregon facing off with Utah, a rematch from a game from just two weeks ago, but this time at the Pac twelve championship game. In Las Vegas. Hmm. How'd that go for Oregon, Billy? Well, Beach, Devin Lloyd returned an interception for a touchdown. Cam rising through for another score. And number 14, Utah, clinched their first Rose Bowl berth in school history with a 38-10 victory over number 10, Oregon, on Friday night. Now, this game was a near-carbon copy of the one in Salt Lake City two weeks ago when the Utes jumped out early and won 38-7. Now, while that game all but ended the playoff hopes for Oregon, the rematch delivered the Utes the Rose Bowl prize they had been seeking since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. Now, Utah lost its first two trips to the conference title game, including two years ago to Oregon, but left little doubt this time out. Utah quarterback Cam Rising engineered a TD drive on the opening possession after converting a sneak on fourth down near midfield. Devon Thomas capped it with a two-yard touchdown run. Lloyd then returned an interception 34 yards on a score later in the first quarter, and Utah put the game away by scoring twice in the final 27 seconds of the first half. First, Rising hit Dalton Kincaid on an 11-yard pass with 27 seconds left. Then, Malone Mateel intercepted an ill-advised pass from Anthony Brown to set up Jaden Redding's 50-yard field goal on the final play of the half to make it 23-0. Thomas and TJ Pledger added TD runs in the second half for the Utes to the delight of the huge contingent of Utah fans among the 56,511 in attendance for the first title game in Vegas. It's not, it's not, it's not a very long drive from uh, Salt Lake to Vegas. It's about, about six hours. Okay. It's I think it's a hell of a lot easier to get there than to get down to um, Santa Clara where they've been playing it there just south of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot more, a lot cheaper flights flying into Vegas from pretty much anywhere, right? The only yeah, place that's absolutely. probably going to have a hard time getting there, fan base, is Wazoo. And they'd have a hard time getting anywhere. Because there's just not a huge airport there, right? No. But pretty much any place else, you're, you're pretty close to an airport. It's going to be flying to Vegas. Now, Beach, in the two losses over the final three weeks of the season, Utah outscored Oregon 76 to 17. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it all up. And, and Billy, uh, what, what, what team beat Utah? What Pac-12 team beat Utah this year? That would be the Beavs, Beach. Oh, okay. Just checking. 
So Utah takes the conference championship. Oh, and I forgot to uh, recap our scores heading into this week. Kyle and I were way the hell out at 44 to 74, and you were way the hell up in front at 55 out of 74 with no Mm -hmm. way of catching you. Mm -hmm. So in that game, Kyle had taken Oregon with 10 points because I don't know how you're doing that point thing. Utah, you took Utah with 15 points, and I took Utah with four. But it doesn't matter because you you still win, yeah. Yeah, but I won, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of thought I was helping – Praying and just thought it was going to be an ass kicking. Mm. I didn't even think it was going to be that bad, though. It so. was a pretty good ass kicking. Yeah. All right, Beach. And we had one other game in the week that was on Saturday. It was a makeup game, USC at Cal. Kyle, uh, you and Kyle both took Cal. I took USC to do something different. Do you know how that game went? And? No, I do not. Have no clue. Well, Beach, Trey Pastor scored on a 55 yard fumble return in the second quarter. Cal's defense made a clutch stop near the goal line, and the Golden Bears held off Southern California 24-14 in the season finale for both teams. Christopher Brooks added a pair of short scoring runs on a day when Cal's offense struggled reaching the end zone to help the Golden Bears to their first home win against the Trojans since 2003. Mm. Now, USC quarterback Jackson Dark making his second start for USC in place of the injured quarterback Caden Slovis threw a 45-yard touchdown before being forced out with an injury in the third quarter. And actually, he got hammered on a running play and was just knocked silly. Really? It took two guys to help him off, and you can tell he was just – it was concussion time. Really? Yep. Now, Beach, this was USC's final game before new coach Lincoln Riley takes over next season. And I felt bad for Dante Williams, the interim head coach. I would like to – I don't know if they won any games. I don't know if they won any games under – have they had to have under won something? Him. Yeah, let me look. It's making me wonder. Oh, yeah, he got a win versus Arizona, so he did get a win. Good. <laughs> I would hope he got a win against I them. forgot. Well, and he, got a, and he got a win against Colorado, so he got two. That's good. Okay. That's good. So, just like to see it. I, you know, I want to see a guy have a little bit of success. Um, anyway, bees in that game, Cal's defense, um, which had been up and down all season came through with enough big plays to hand USC its fourth straight loss. The Trojans longest skid since 2001. Now trailing by 10 USC moved inside the red zone in the third quarter when dart was shaken up after getting drilled by a pair of defenders scrambling towards the sideline. Dart lay face down momentarily before being helped to his feet and helped off the field. Then, true freshman Miller Moss came in to replace Dart and completed his first throw, but the Trojans were stopped on fourth down when tight end Eric Kromenhoek bobbled a direct snap at the Cows 3. So in this play, they were down there close, and I don't know why they tried to get fancy, because they only needed a yard to get a first down. And they did a direct snap, so Kromenhoek started on one side of the formation, went in motion across, and they were trying to kind of flip the ball up to him. Mm-hmm. So he could just take it as he was on in motion going across the formation and try to kind of run a run off the off the side, but the ball was kind of double clutched by the center and it kind of went off his butt and the tight end had a hard time grabbing it and the the play just blew up from there. Huh. But I like the idea of the play. I, it was not executed at all. So. 
Kyle, and you get the win there. I get the loss. So at the end of the year, Kyle and I ended up at 45 out of 76, and you ended up at 57 out of 76. This is, is this the first year that I've ever won? It is. It's pretty exciting. It is, yeah. So. All right, Beach. Well, it is time for the last polls of the regular season, the ones that actually mean anything. And in the Associated Press Bowl, Beach, Utah ends the season by climbing up four spots to number 10. Oregon falls five spots to number 15. Awesome. And in the coaches poll, Utah shot up six spots to number 11. And Oregon fell five spots to number 15. And Arizona State finished in the others receiving votes category. And then, Beach, in comes the college football playoff poll, the one that means everything. Okay. Well, to people who care about the college football playoff board. Yeah, but Utah ended up at 11, Oregon at 15. Mm. And the top four, after Alabama upset Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Michigan stomped Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, the top four are this way. Alabama number one, Michigan number two, Georgia, number three, and Cincinnati, the first group of five team to end up at number four. So they are in the playoff. Nice. Yep. So that first uh, first round of the playoffs, it'll be number one, Alabama versus Cincinnati. Congratulations, Cincinnati. You went undefeated. What do you get? You get to play Alabama. The <laughs> hell of a deal. And number two, Michigan will take on number three, Georgia. Be exciting. Yep. So even though Georgia lost, they only fell to three. So, Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Yep. And we'll talk about where uh, all the Pac-12 teams line up for bowl games here in a little bit. But, Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tauberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, I like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this one, Beach, we're just going to give it to, and it's and this isn't, we're giving them the jackass of the week, but just because they need to change the rules. Okay. So we're going to give it to the NCAA Football Rules Committee. Now, I sent you a link. Did you get that? Yes. And I, I said, I'll don't watch it. It says, don't watch this. <laughs> until, until, we, until we record. So yep. you can you can watch that now if you want. Okay. And I'm just going to talk, and you can kind of watch the play. So Wake Forest football coach Dave Clawson says the NCAA needs to review its rules on whether quarterbacks should be allowed to fake slide after escaping the pocket. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead and watch the play. Yeah, it was it was playing an advertisement for Universal Resort. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Claussen's statement came after his team's 45-21 loss to Pittsburgh in the ACC championship game Saturday night in which the Panthers quarterback Kenny Pickett used a flake slide to freeze defenders and run for a 58-yard touchdown on the game's first possession. That was horse crap. Did you see it? Absolutely. So, Beach, after Pickett broke containment on a third-down run, he briefly stutter-stepped and pretended like he was going to slide after picking up the first down. Now, two Wake Forest defenders froze, figuring Pickett was giving himself up. Instead, Pickett made a quick cut and raced another 40 yards for a touchdown 
before blowing kisses to the crowd in the end zone. Now, while Coach Clawson acknowledged after the game that there is no rule preventing Pickett from doing what he did, he said the NCAA should consider such a rule. Clawson said, quote, If that is the rule, I will just have my guy fake Neil all the way down the field, and really, what do you do? So it's something the NCAA is going to have to take a look at, and you know you can't fake, fake a slide. Now, Clawson said he had previously never seen a play in which a quarterback pretended to give himself up, only to keep running. Now, for his part, Pickett admitted after the game that he did do it on purpose. He said, quote, yeah, it was intentional. I just kind of started slowing down and pulling up and getting ready to slide, and I just kind of saw their body language, and they just pulled up as well. I have never done that before. I just kind of kept going after I initially started to slide. Now, Pitt mm-hmm. coach Pat Narducci defended his quarterback, saying he didn't believe Pickett did anything wrong. He said, quote, to me, I coach our defensive guys to finish the play. If the quarterback goes down, a lot of the times we slide over the top of them. It's just being a football player. You have to finish the play. There's a thing called a whistle, and when the whistle blows, you stop. Until then, you have to gather up, and if the quarterback slides too late, we have seen guys slide too late, and the quarterback gets scraped up and tattooed a little bit. It's part of the game. But then the flag goes up, and it says unnecessary roughness on the quarterback. Exactly. Now, Narduzzi said – That's that's bull crap. That's absolute bull crap. And Narduzzi added the play isn't something the coaching staff teaches. And I agree. I I think the guy just did it, and – Quite frankly, he was taking advantage of the rules. Now, I think you will see, I bet this this offseason you'll see this play. It, brought it'll, up in the new rules. Exactly. They'll come up with a new rule. They'll flag it, and it'll probably be like an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty mm-hmm. or a delay of game penalty. I don't know how many yards they want to assess I, I, on it. I, you know, I think it to me it's like waving off a uh, calling for a fair catch. Yeah. That's why I said that. Then that would make it, and then trying to run with it, that would yeah. make it a delay of game penalty. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah, because it was. It was. You could see the guys pull off. Yeah. He looked like he was going to slide, and and I mean, like he said, I saw the guys back off, so I thought, well, what the hell? I ain't going to slide anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And and, yeah. and to me, and this is why I like about football is they adjust the rules to not give either side of the ball an unfair advantage, and they're mm-hmm. trying to. Comp- to protect the quarterback and because of that this situation happened so they'll just they'll just change the rules around it's similar to when chip kelly first came to oregon and was constantly getting his guys up on the ball to not always snap the ball really quickly they were just trying to prevent the other team from substituting yeah and so now they've changed the rules that if the offense substitutes the defense gets a chance to substitute so anyways i just saw that and it kind of bothered me no, I, I'm right there with you. Yep. So, Kenny Pickett, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. Although it was just kind of, it's not really jackass, well, he, but it kind of is. Although, you know who I was thinking about giving a jackass of the week to, Beach? And th- because this kind of irritates me, and oh. I hate this. So, um, you know that Oregon's head coach, Mario Cristobal, has been rumored to possibly be headed to Miami as their new coach. There's a ton of there's a ton of uh, he's from Miami. He still has family yeah. lives down there. Mm-hmm. He won two national championships as a player at Miami, mm-hmm. and he actually has had visited down there because his mother's not in good health down in Miami. So there's all this all this talk about him being that he's that they're talking to him now. The other yeah. day. He was asked about it, and his reply was something, I don't have the quote in front of me, that 
I have not talked to Miami. And if there's anything to tell you, I will tell you. And I hate that because that's dis- that's just disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Because while he might not have talked to Miami. They may have talked to him. They have probably talked to his agent. Okay. And that's where the negotiations would be. Because the negotiations are always with your agent, not with you directly. Correct. And it's just disingenuous, you know. And mm. my thing, just be honest. Just be like, you know, they called. I'm going to yeah. listen. Did you know? he, did uh, Now, I heard they were, well, I read an article that popped up on Facebook about uh, um, the Oregon wanting to try to sign a new contract with him. Is that well, true? Well, yes, they, I think they're trying to keep him, but we'll see. So far, I have not seen. Let me go back to. I haven't seen anything. Nothing on ESPN yet, and I've been trying to keep an eye on Twitter, and I haven't seen anything else either. Okay. He was supposed to be at a couple of um, visits, possibly today for recruiting, but I don't know. He was on a video press conference for the Alamo bowl that Oregon will be playing in. Okay. But who knows? You can do that from anywhere. Yeah. Who are they? Who are they playing? Well, beach before we get into all that, it's time for this week's musical interlude. Ooh. Okay. It's my turn. Yes. So this actually has more to do with you than me, actually. Believe it or not. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. So this was the third song on the 1991 album, No More Tears by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, nice. This is also one of Billy's favorite songs, as he would listen to it when driving to mom and dad's house from Oregon State back in the early 90s. Was I not, am I not wrong on that? You are completely right. Yeah, yeah. So this song is actually about Ozzy's wife, Sharon. Ozzy wrote, I had been walking around with a melody in my head for a couple years, but never got to finish it until I was working with Zach Wild, who was Ozzy's guitarist at the time. Uh, at that time, Zach and I were doing a lot of writing on the piano. Mama, I'm Coming Home was always something I say to my wife near the end of the tour. Ozzy gave up drugs and alcohol before recording this song. He credits Sharon for the lifestyle change and admits he would probably be dead if he did not turn sober. And after reading that, because I actually didn't know what the song was about. I just know you listened to it always when you were driving home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I actually listened to it about three or four times today. And, um, and, and now that I listen to the lyrics, I always thought he, you know, when you hear Mama, I'm coming home. I always thought he was talking about like his relationship with his mother. But then when you actually listen to the lyrics, you're like, no, this is his relationship with his wife. And Sharon's a very strong lady. Not only was she a good businessman, but she was also very strong on keeping Ozzy on the straight and narrow. And Mm -hmm. you can, and, and that when you start listening to the lyrics of this song, you can tell it's about his struggle and her, her efforts to try to keep him sober. So anyway, kind of, uh, uh, really kind of opened my eyes to the song a little bit. So for you, Billy, and those long drives home on the weekends during your time as a beaver, here is mama. I'm coming home by the Oz man. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's funny, Beach, because I did listen to that song all the time because it was out there in the fall of 91. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I've made that drive up 99 so many times now to Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's like nothing. Uh, it's it's funny how you when you take a drive so often, what people would be like, oh my god, this goes on forever. You're like, yeah, it's nothing. I, I know all my I can do it blindfolded. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. So I remember that one time we did it like three times in one night because you forgot the keys. Oh, that was a bad. <laughs> that was a bad one. <laughs> that was like my sophomore year, and we loaded up my <laughs> little blue pickup full of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, should we do this? <laughs> and we we're going to drive down, unload it at the townhouse I was staying in. Uh-huh. Uh, right there on Kings, a couple blocks up from Woodstocks. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I had my job at Woodstocks yet. Yep. I don't think I did. But we we're driving up there. And uh, and we got we got all the way down. Well, no, we, we got – we loaded up and we got all the way down to Corvallis. And I got out and, and I was like, oh, crap, I forgot the key to the new place. Yep. So we turned around. Drove all the way back to Hillsboro. And you had to grab, pee like a resource. Yep. We grabbed, we, yeah, I went to the bathroom. We grabbed a bunch of other stuff. We drove all the way yeah. back to uh-huh. to Corvallis. And I realized when we went home again, I didn't grab the key. <laughs> so we drove all the way back to Hillsboro. <laughs> and then all the way back to Corvallis and finally unloaded all the crap. Uh. That was brutal. And then went to the Beaver game the next day, which they probably oh, he- lost. Probably back in those days. Well, here I can probably tell you. Let's see. <laughs> Oregon State. What was was it? Nineteen ninety-two schedule. There's a there's a thirteen out of fourteen chance that they lost. Yeah, let's see. September fifth, they played. Ooh, actually opened up with three home games. So if the fifth they played Kansas and lost. The twelfth, they played Fresno State and won. So it might have been Fresno State. So it was either of those two games because I don't think it was the nineteenth. I just I just remember that I think you were asking me to stay up, and I think I fell asleep in the front. You're like, dude, yeah. you gotta stay up. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, not one of my brighter oh. moments. No, no, no. I've done a lot of stupid I... things, and that's one of them. <laughs> uh. All right, Beach, we'll get pick on the music. Thank you, thank you. Actually, you know, I, I've uh, I've grown to like Ozzy more and more over the years. Oh, I love so Ozzy. They, uh, you know, if the, there's a a show, I think it was on Netflix called The Dirt, which was uh, based on a doc, uh, based on a Mot- autobiography by Motley Crue. Yeah, I actually read that autobiography. Yeah, and they uh, they they have a moment where uh, Ozzy's so screwed up on drugs that he's freaking trying to snort ants. Oh, he did, yeah. <laughs> He did. He snorted up ants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At a, like a really nice resort. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I've, I, you read that book and it goes through all those stories. Yeah. Dirty, crazy. dirty guys. Yep. And then you and I saw him in concert. One uh, of the closest, we were Oregon, closest what, what, things was to when, we were, what? what? What Was I at Oregon state at the time when we did that? No, or was that it, after, it was after, after we were in Florida. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Closest yeah, thing close to a riot to... we were ever in. They uh, or at least they, witnessed. Yeah, we're we're standing there. It was the Memorial Coliseum, and like was about three quarters of the way through the concert. Uh, Ozzy goes, "Whoever goes nuts can come backstage." Yeah, and like and so he just it, starts it, whipping the crowd up more and more. Pandemonium. Yeah, and at the end it, they it, start doing crazy training, and everyone just went apeshit. This one guy just 
right in front of us. We, we were up the one step above the floor, and this one dude just clocks a security guard in front of us. Yeah. And then there's this one dude who's climbing up the drapes of the stage trying to get to the top. Oh, yeah. He was like probably and, 20, 30 feet off the ground. Oh, it was insane. It was nuts. And I remember about two or three days later, Ozzy was on Mark and Brian on KGON down in L.A., and Ozzy's like, I don't think they're going to invite me back to Portland anytime soon. Yeah. I'm like, you think? Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> nuts, nuts, nuts. But uh, fun concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty, so. Beach. It is now time to look at the bowl games for the Pac-12 this year. Okay. All right, let me get Kyle's email out. I hate you, Kyle, but I've got your email. Okay, get my piece of paper ready. All right. So it looks like we've got six bowl games. Okay. And actually, the bowl season starts relatively soon. So the first bowl game is actually, oh, it's next week. So the first bowl games are on Friday of next week. But the first Pac-12 bowl game will be on Saturday the 18th. Mm -hmm. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Stiffel, Utah State versus Oregon State. Um, are we picking this one? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm picking the beef. Okay. Beef. Kyle says, who the F is Gary Anderson Bowl? Beeves win. <laughs> I like his better. And yeah, I'll take yeah. the Beeves too. All right. Next up, uh, we got 10 days until the next Pac-12 game. Tuesday, December 28th, the San Diego Credit Union Holiday Bowl. UCLA. Okay. Versus number 18, NC State. Hmm. I really freaking hate bitch tits, but I'm going to, I'm thinking UCLA is going to win this one. Okay. Kyle says the Ron Burgundy Bowl, UCLA. I'm going to take NC State. Hmm. Next up, the very next day, Wednesday, December 29th. This is always a weird game because it starts like at 11 o'clock in the morning. The Valero... Or no, that's the Sun Bowl. This one is the Valero Alamo Bowl. I wonder what time that one is. Valero Alamo Bowl. Get the Pac-12 Bowl games. Pac-12. Alamo Bowl. Whenever I think of the Alamo. Is it 6:15? Okay. Whenever I think of the Alamo Bowl, I always think of Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> There's no basement in Alamo. <laughs> okay. Uh, so who's playing? It is number 14, Oregon, versus number 16, Oklahoma. It could be the, does anybody have a head coach bowl? <laughs> um, hmm. I'm picking Oklahoma. You are taking Oklahoma. Kyle says, the not the natty again bowl, Oklahoma. God, I don't want to take Oregon. I'm going to take Oklahoma. just don't like Oregon. Okay. I just don't think they're that good. I don't either, and I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play either. Yeah, I, I think, in my opinion, Oregon's been lucky the whole freaking season yep. for, for their wins. And, so. and bad news for the Beavs, uh, uh, Avery Roberts will not be available for the Beavs in the L.A. Bowl. How come? Uh, he just had some minor surgery last week, but he will not be in a position to play. Broke his dick. Uh, I think it was ankle. I'm sure that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right, Beach. 
next up, the very next day, so we got the 28th, the 29th, and all the 30th, Thursday the 30th, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. I don't even know what the hell SRS Distribution is. I, I don't know either. Okay, so the Vegas Bowl. Yep, and it's Wisconsin versus Arizona State. Arizona State. You're taking ASU? Yep, I think, personally, I think ASU is the second best team in the Pac-12. Really? Yeah. But the Beavs, the Beavs beat them, too. Mm-hmm. So you think it's Utah and then ASU? Yeah. Wow. So uh, SRS Distribution is the largest network um, of independent distributor brands in each. Looks like it's roofing. Hmm. Fastest growing distributor of building products in the United States. Serving professional roofers contracting business. That's a company that's making way too much money if they can afford a bowl game. There you go. Okay. All right. So Kyle says the nope, no hookers in here, coach, bowl, Arizona State. Oh, we're all taking Arizona State. <laughs> nope, no hookers in here. All right. <laughs> next one. Very next day, Friday, December 31st. She told me she was an escort, not a hooker. Yeah. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Literally the Tony the Tiger? Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So like Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, it's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. See, I'd go there think about all the free Frosted Flakes you probably get. I know. I love Frosted Flakes. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Remember those Frosted Flakes shakes we got? Oh, my God. Still the best shake I've ever yeah, had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's do you remember... Shake. Yes, they were so good. If you ever have a chance to go to Steak and Shake, freaking Frosted Flake milkshake, best thing ever. Yep. So, you know, the other thing I missed when I was a kid what? was uh, the Frosted Rice Krispies. Oh, yeah, they don't have those anymore, do they? No, it was out there for a brief period of time in, I think, the late 80s or mid-80s. Well, they and have... it's like, you didn't have to put the sugar on the, on the freaking, on the Chris Krispies because well, it was already sugarized. Yeah, because they had Rice Krispies, regular. Uh-huh. They had... Uh-huh. Cocoa Krispies. Yep. They had Frosted Cocoa Rice Krispies. Krispies and yep. they had the Marshmallow Rice Krispies. Mm-hmm. Which had the little marshmallows in them, yeah. There's a lot of branding of the Rice Krispies back then, and we just don't see that kind of branding anymore. Well, you do, which is different. But anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Right. go down there. So, go grocery shopping. who are you taking? It's Washington State versus Miami. Washington State versus Miami. Uh-huh. Now, what do you like about Miami Beach? So, they still have a head coach. Well, that's kind of cool. He and hasn't been told the, uh, he's not and, coming back yet. There's all the speculation and, is he's not coming back. Did, 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 did how, what, well, did they not have a very good season? They're going to a bowl game. Yeah, I suppose it's a later bowl game, so I guess yeah. that's good. Do they think he might get moved up or might get fired? Because they, at the U, fired. they expect for, yeah, because at the U, they expect perfection, don't they? Well, there's thought that they want to bring Cristobal in and then also inject a bunch of money into the program. A lot okay. of new facilities but, but, and stuff. But they haven't. But they haven't fired him yet. No. Okay. So that's a hell of a thing, isn't it? Yet. Mm-hmm. What? I said that's a hell of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't realize they hadn't fired him yet. So how would you like? Yeah, I mean, how would you like to be that coach going? Uh, yeah, they're talking to other coaches, but I haven't been fired yet. Yeah. That's <laughs> when you start um, start uh, bolting stuff in the in your office and taking it home. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> tell a little bit of heads up start time. So, um, hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to take the U. Okay. Did You're you know that Miami actually stole its name from Miami, Ohio, I think it is? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So it was actually the, the – I think it's named after Indians in Ohio. Yeah, the Miami Ohio. Indians, yeah. Yeah, in Ohio. And then somehow they, they took that name and they named Miami out of Florida after the Indians in Ohio. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. All right, so Beej, uh, Kyle says – got to go back to his email. Kyle says – his email. There we go. Tony the Tiger Sunbull. I think Razorbrand really missed an opportunity here. Cougs win, but just happy to be out of Pullman. I'm taking Wazoo also. Hmm. All right, Beach. And uh, you know, the, I read an article. What did it say? Imagine a cereal so bad that they actually thought raisins would make it taste better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Beach. The granddaddy of them all on January 1st, the Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. Mm. Number 11 of Utah versus number six, Ohio State. Utah is going to wipe their ass. I don't know if that came out right. I don't know. They're going to kick their ass, okay? Something. They're going to do something with their ass. They're going to win. <laughs> You say Utah. Kyle says Rose Bowl. OSU wins, so he's taking Ohio State. I'm going to take Utah. Yeah, I think I think Utah's darn good, and I think I think the Ohio State does isn't going to hold up. I think they're going to look like Oregon. Could be. All right, Beach. That does it for me. Or do you have a uh, dating story today? You know, I was thinking about this on my on my uh, drive home. And uh, actually, I was going to uh, not particularly it's it's in the date. So I was going to make this one and next week's um, the reason why I hate the French. So if people remember, I, I told the story of going to Paris with Heather. Right. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Pickpocketed, story? Yep. OK. Yeah. Well, I didn't talk about the pickpocketing. Right. Oh. I don't think I talked about the pickpocketing. No, you did not. No, that's what we're going to talk about. That's why I hate the French. So. Heather and I go to, to Paris together, we go to Disneyland over there, and then we also do some sightseeing around Paris. And we decide that we're going to go see the Arche de Triomphe, right, the big arch that the, the Nazis walked through after they, they took over uh, France because they're a bunch of pansy asses. Um, so anyway, we're walking around this arch taking pictures and stuff, and, and we kind of – I don't want to say we got separated, but we were kind of doing our own thing. So she was probably – I don't know, fairly decent distance from me mm -hmm. as we were taking pictures and walking around. And this dude comes up to me. And I mean, I kind of checked my my brain at the gate because I just didn't think about anything about this. So this guy comes up to me and the, the first thing I should have realized is he's speaking English to me. Right. It should have been a telltale sign that this was a scam. Mm -hmm. So he he comes up to me. And he, he's bending over, and he's holding this thick gold ring up on his hand, right? And rather than – and again, I'm like, I don't quite understand what's going on here. He's holding it really low, probably like two feet above the ground. And he goes – he waves me over and says, is this gold? Is this gold? And 
and he's bending holding it down like two feet over ground trying to get me to bend over to look at it I had no idea what he's trying to do because I'm not that bright in terms of thievery and didn't know and I'm like I don't know you know I don't know what the hell it is you know and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I hear Heather from behind me, almost like a mother yelling at her child, which I didn't take offense to it at this point. She looks at me. And she says, Brian. And I look over here. I look over at her and her eyes are just glaring. And she's like, he's trying to rip you off. And I look over at the fucktard and and he just walks up and he just walks away smiling. And I'm like, you piece of shit. So. When, when I was, before I went over there, I was told that the pickpockets are thick. And so I kept, uh, my money on a money belt around my neck underneath my shirt and I didn't have a wallet on me, but the jackass was trying to get my ass up in the air so he could pickpocket me. And, uh, thank God I didn't have anything in my pockets that he could do it with, but he was, he was playing the game cause he saw a stupid American. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was so, right too, cause you were pretty stupid. Well, I mean, I just didn't, I, I wasn't paying, I mean, I just wasn't thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my first time traveling. I think pretty much other than Bahamas, the first time I'd ever been overseas, you know, I mean, I've been to Canada and stuff before, but this is the first time I've ever been to Europe. You there? Happened, you there? Even though the sun's, we had, we had, Yeah, we had, we had damn solar flares. Solar flares. Yep. Yeah. So the, but uh, next week I'll tell you about the time I went, uh, uh, went to um, Germany and uh, Paris with my friend Letitia, and uh, and the, the the more reason why I hate the French. So, but that'll be next week. So anyway, a good rule in France though: don't ever carry anything in your pockets, trust no one, and just have a policy that they're all assholes. Yeah, so yeah. I have I have no I, I have no love for the French whatsoever. Any of them. Screw them all. Yeah, screw them all, all of them, even the cute girls. Screw them. So, because there was a cute girl in the in my next story, and she was a piece of crap. So, <laughs> was she French? Yes, she was. She just sat there on her ass. Oh, and okay. Did nothing, and and then afterwards she she speaks up. So anyway, but we'll we'll get to that next week. Mm. Well, if she would have had a white flag, she could have given that to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they used to be good. I, there's there's a whole story on what happened to the French culture after World War One, and they essentially destroyed themselves through their education system. Something that I think we might be doing the same right now, too. But that's my point. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 174 of Elite Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, ask a question, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen to us wherever you can. Leave ratings and reviews. We appreciate it. Helps get us out there for more people. Beach. Billy. Probably be our last show for 2021. I think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can do one next week, but there won't be a lot to talk about. But we can if you want to do a short one. Uh, yeah, you're used to a short one. Well, uh, it, it just depends. Uh, it depends on how my weekend goes. Okay. But... Maybe we can do like a recap of uh, of the season for all of our sports. Uh, well, but it's not well, it's not the whole season though. We have to do it at the end of the at the end of the year. Oh, that, like a recap of 2021. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like in January, February, March. Huh? No, I don't want to. Do that. All <laughs> right, you know, I'm the idea guy, and you just always. Yeah, well, because I'm the one asking all the work. 
True that. I just show up and look pretty. Same thing as a tailgater. All right. Well, until next week and possibly until 2022, go Bees. We're recording. It's recording. You know, knock on wood, we haven't screwed up one recording this year. I, well, I'm trying to do my due diligence and check every time. Make sure we don't F it up. I mean, we've only lost, what, two episodes? Yeah, I think we've done it three times. <laughs> you got a song? I do. I do. I miss three-year-old Peyton. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to see where he's at, but but yeah, uh, I, I miss those other times too. Cheesy yeah. grin. Everyone used to that. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, Martinez was the Beavers' top scorer and had a deep. Derek Lucas scored 17 points on five three-pointers, but Oregon State was unable to slow down. Oops. And who are the two brothers, Beach? Oh, I can't remember. But they, they really care. I mean, I know Trace Tinkle really carried us for a while there. <clears throat> so. I totally forgot their names. Now, Thomas and TJ Pledger added T-Day runs in the second half for the Utes to delight of in that game, the bees defeated. In that game, the bees defeated Boise State. Th- tw- right. There's gonna be tons of hookers. There's gonna be tons of blow. All right. I like beer. <laughs>